This is Corolla Digital. From Level 5 City in Glendale, it's This Week with Larry Miller. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, and everyone who really likes cheap meals. Hi, folks, and welcome back to This Week with Larry Miller. I'm Larry Miller, but in a way, aren't we all? And they did it again. That band, that orchestra, makes me smile every week at the start of the show, and I treasure that. I don't report it to you if that's the right word, just because I'm proud of it. But I th- I'm so glad it's like seeing a sunrise. And I did this morning I, before I got the kids up to go to school. And I saw that sunrise and I thought, you know, that is just beautiful. And that's the way I feel about that music. They get better every week, of course. That's the Spencer Phelps Orchestra and the Cookie Inglove Dancers featuring boy tenor Justin Labor. Asking the musical question, why is the boy tenor always featured when he never actually sings? Well, you know what, Justin? The colonel and I felt that was a really sharp question. Why is the boy tenor always featured when he never actually sings? And it reminded me, I think I've probably mentioned this once or twice over the months and the years now uh, doing that. I I just love saying boy tenor because, and I love starting the show that way because it's the orchestra and then the dancers featuring boy tenor. When I was a kid, I heard that phrase, the boy tenor featuring boy tenor so-and-so. I didn't know what it was as a kid. I still don't know as an adult. I have no idea, but that phrase seemed like such a show business phrase from... 1910, 1920, 30, 40, those years, the boy tenor featuring boy tenor so-and-so. And so Colonel Jeff and I, just before going on the air, as we were still doing our prep work for the show, we looked up on the Internet, on Google, I guess, we looked up the phrase boy tenor. And you know what? It It had a couple of things that were interesting. First of all, it had tenor boy, the boy who was a tenor boy, and I'm reading you what they had in there. It says, it's musical theater law, the frequently good-looking, almost always love-struck, and without a doubt naive young man central to the story must sing with lyrical boyish grace. In other words, he's a tenor. In a large portion of opera, particularly Verdi and Puccini, The protagonist is a tenor no matter what his age or personality. And I thought that was well written. I'm still not sure I know what it means, but that's that could go as for the boy tenor. And I said, let's look up boy tenor though. What do they have for boy tenor? And they had something from a book that was really specific and really elevated and and good prose, good writing about a boy tenor. 
and how before the voice changed, the upper register was always sharp, but he used to be asked to sing even louder, and this was before the lower part of his voice came in. Uh, the, the point is, I read it through, and I said to Colonel Jeff, that's a horrible story. That, that's really, it really wasn't very nice to hear about this guy, who a boy tenor was, or or what, or why it mattered that way. So for now, for us, I'm going to stick with tenor boy. But that, by the way, that, folks, that Justin Labor is where it comes for me to say the boy tenor, to love saying it. It just makes me feel like an announcer, well, from 190 and 80 and 70 years ago. The boy tenor. And what did they do? I guess they sang, but it's a fair question. When Justin Labor said, why is the boy tenor always featured when he never actually sings? And the answer, once again, this has been this answer before sometimes, the answer once again is, I don't know. But I do know that it's fun to say, and it really brings back an era, well, of... Cab Calloway and Paul Whiteman and those kinds of orchestras where they would have somebody, well, the boy tenor, and he would come on and sing something that would make, I guess, most of the women swoon. And uh, I know that feeling because it always happened to me, and I didn't have to sing. I wish I had a boy tenor song to sing now. We should have thought of that, by the way. When I'm calling you. Anybody swooning or just or just throwing up? Yeah, by the way, Colonel Jeff and Dr. Chris both just put the, a hand to the forehead, the back of the hand. That's what Dr. Chris did. And sort of a, a fist under the forehead. That's what Colonel Jeff did. They both thought that was swooning. And you know what? That's good swooning for me. That's all I need on our show here. So thanks, Justin. Justin Labor. By the way, that's one of those names. It could be a, a name for, a, for a, a web name of Just In Labor. I, I thought there it could be. Now, I'm sure that's your real name, just Justin Labor. But in any case, good question. Why is the boy tenor always featured when he never actually sings? We don't know. And remember, please write into us on our website, which, as you know, is LarryMillerPodcast.com. And please write in for more musical questions when you think of them. Please write them in because Colonel Jeff just said today, as we were going over some of the musical questions, he said, you know, I think it's time to get more musical questions. And I said, you're right. So that's what I'll say today. So please, folks, write in a lot more. Send us on the website your musical questions. And now that, of course, brings us on to and by Hulu Plus. That's right, Hulu Plus. Sometimes you think to yourself, I mean, you've probably tried Hulu.com. Now, though, with Hulu Plus, you can watch your favorite shows anytime, anywhere. Hulu Plus lets you watch thousands of hit TV shows and a selection of acclaimed movies on your television or on the go with your smartphone or tablet. That's a great phrase, on the go. And it all streams in HD 
for the best viewing experience. With Hulu Plus, you can watch your favorite current TV shows like Saturday Night Live, Community, and Family Guy. You can also check out exclusive content, including Hulu Originals, like The Awesomes, starring SNL's Seth Meyers, and Moon Boy, starring Chris O'Dowd from Bridesmaids. I haven't seen those yet, but you know what? I think I will be. Right after our next big fancy dinner. Out, by the way. In any case, Hulu Plus offers a great selection of acclaimed films. For only how much? Can you guess? No need to guess. I'll tell you. For only $7.99 a month, you can stream as many TV shows as movies as you want. As many TV shows and movies. Can you imagine that? Wherever you want. Whenever you want. Right now. You can try Hulu Plus free for two weeks. That's always a powerful word, free. That's a good word. Now, you can try them for two weeks free when you go to HuluPlus.com slash Larry. That's right. It's H-U-L-U-P-L-U-S dot com forward slash Larry. That's a special offer for my listeners. How do you like that? That's a pretty good offer, too. And it's special, just like us. So make sure you use HuluPlus.com slash Larry so you get the extended free trial and they know we sent you. Go to HuluPlus.com slash Larry now. Hey, pretty good. And by Amazon. That's right, Amazon.com. Amazon.com, Amazon the place that has the greatest things to buy in the world, anything you've always wanted, you can get from Amazon. Anything you've ever imagined, you get from Amazon. You go on your laptop, on your computer, on your screen, on your phone, on any pad you have, and you go right to Amazon, right? Wrong! You don't! That's wrong! That's bad. They almost did it. I can tell they almost did it this time. They almost went right now. You don't! You don't do that. What you do is you go to our website, LarryMillerPodcast.com. Who's on the mountain? Tom Mix. You go to LarryMillerPodcast.com, and we have a banner that says Amazon. You click our banner that says Amazon, and that takes you right. We take you right to Amazon. And you get there just as always, and now you get everything you've ever wanted, but now we get part of it. That's right. Colonel Jeff, Dr. Chris, and I... Get part of your dough. Amazon sends us a percentage of that, and that's just fine with us. So you get everything you wanted. Amazon gives you everything you wanted, and we get some of the dough. So that's how you do it. The best place in the world to buy, and especially when your best podcast friend in the world, me and Jeff and Chris, get some of the dough. So give them a try on our banner that says Amazon on LarryMillerPodcast.com. And while you're on our website, you can say to yourself, and buy PayPal. That's right, PayPal. That's right, PayPal. I know I had to say that's right again as if, are we getting it wrong? No, it's PayPal. And what you do is, it's been fun for us to say, what you do with PayPal is, you can send us the money for three drinks. That's right. Whatever bar you really like in your area, send the cost of a drink each 
one for Colonel Jeff, one for Dr. Chris, and one for me. And you send us for three drinks, and we are going to make, well, a good night of it. We're going to, and I'll tell you the full story. As you know, once we do, it'll be another fancy fried chicken dinner, and it'll be another couple of, well, you know, a couple of, uh, couple of drinks first. And that's how you do it. Wait a minute. This just in. I've always wanted to say that. This just in. Colonel Jeff just came to the door of the studio, and he had papers he was waving, and I knew it was either something really important or he was going to kill me. And either way, I thought it was best to say, all right, come on in. So what he did was, oh, that's right. Thank you, pal. What he did was Colonel Jeff came in to remind me to tell you that my stand-up comedy show, Cocktails with Larry Miller and Friends, with a special guest, my friend Jake Johansson, is going to be on this show. And that's Saturday, October 12th at 7.30 p.m. at the Elgin Community College Arts Center in Elgin, Illinois. E-L-G-I-N. And I really love this. As you know, I love this show. I love podcasting. I love acting. I, I have a good movie coming out, and I'll tell you about it. And, and in fact, I love TV. I love everything. I love writing scripts. But you know what? It's not that it's best of all, but in a way it's best of all. Still, there is something about stand-up comedy. If you're good at it and the audience wants to see something really pretty good, well, I, I can tell you right now, you'll see it on Saturday night, October 12th at 7.30 p.m. at the Elgin Community College Arts Center in Elgin, Illinois. And it'll be me and my stand-up show, and Jake's going to be on it. And, well, you know what? It, when you get there, make sure you say hi, because it'll mean a lot to me. And the phone number, by the way, in case you were wondering, is 847 300 that's right, 847-622-0300. Or on the web, you go to tickets.elgin.edu. And I'll tell you what. First of all, thank you, Colonel, for bringing that in, because we'd love to sell this place out, and thanks, folks, for, for being part of it. And as I said, when you get there, make sure you say hi. And as long as we're talking about it, and as long as I was just handed this by Colonel Jeff on Saturday, October 26th, exactly two weeks after that show in Elgin, on Saturday night, October 26th, at the historic Paramount Theater. That's the name of it, by the way. I'm just not adding, adding the word historic. The historic Paramount Theater, 17 South Street in Middletown, New York. And the show is at 8 p.m. So... Come to that one, too, please. Middletown, New York, 17 South Street, the historic Paramount Theater, Saturday night, October 26th at 8 p.m. And the phone number there is 845-346-4195. And the website for them is www.middletownparamount.com. So... The same thing applies. I'm, I'm going to do a good show for you, and uh, you'll be happier there, and I'll be happy I'm there. So when you get there, the same thing applies. Please say hello. 
Thank you, Colonel, for bringing that in. And uh, that leads us to a, my, really my, my favorite part of the show, really, every week, which is the, ready? The joke of the week. That's right, the joke of the week. The weekly joke, the joke of the week. It's, I love telling jokes anyway, and you love telling jokes, and we all love hearing jokes. And I never seem to remember any of them, but this has been such a good part of the show to get one every week, whether it's from Colonel Jeff's, Colonel Jeff's websites or, you know, I ask my wife sometimes, or you ask friends, hey, do you know any jokes, any good joke jokes? And this one, I was talking to my friend Michael Hansen, who is my publicist, who is in New York City today, and I was talking to him. And he's there working, but he and I were talking, and I said, so do you know any jokes? And he said, oh, that's right. You always tell a joke on the show, on the podcast. And I said, that's right. I always do. And he told me a joke that I thought was a good joke, and I wanted to tell you. And here we go. It's a Milton Berle joke. Milton Berle told this in his act, and I'm going to tell it to you now. Man calls home to his big fancy house in Beverly Hills. This man is a very wealthy man, and he calls home in the middle of the day around one in the afternoon to his, well, a beautiful home in Beverly Hills. And the maid answers the phone, and uh, she says, hello, and he says, uh, yeah, hi, it's me. Uh, is my wife around? I need to talk to her. And the maid suddenly gets very scared. She says, well, I, I, not. and he says, is my wife there? Just put her on the phone, please. And she says, well, she's not, wait, she's not here? She's not there in the house? Do me a favor. Is she there or is she not there? Well, yes, she's here. Then get her now and put her on the phone so we don't have to keep going around in circles on this. I need to talk to her. Well, I, I don't want to. Get her now, please. So I can talk to her. And then he says, thinks to himself, hey, wait a minute. And he says to the maid, wait a minute, is she there? Is someone with her? Is she not alone? And the, the maid suddenly gets very scared. She says, she, she has, uh, she almost can't say it. And he says, is there a man with her? Is there a man with her? And the maid says, yes, she has a man there up in the bedroom together. And I don't want to. I need this job for family and children, and I, my, my, and I, and I, I, I don't want to make anyone mad at me. He said, "No, you listen to me. First of all, she's up in the bedroom now with this guy. Oh, what is he? What is he? Uh, one of the tennis pros from our club, from our country club. And and the ma the maid just just gasped because he, he guessed it right. And she, yes, yes, he is, and he is the tennis." Pro and the guy says, "Now you listen to me. I'm getting mad now. I'm starting to boil. And here's what I want you to do: take that phone right. You take that phone right now, and you walk across the hallway there. I know where you are downstairs. You walk across the hallway, and you see that dresser right there. You see it? Now you open the top drawer. I heard you gasp. That's a gun. It's a loaded gun, and I want you to take it out right now. I want you to go upstairs and kill them both." And the and the maid just flips out. She, I can I can I can I can do. And then he says to her, "You know who I am, and you know what I do, and you know what I do for a living. And I have people stolen, and I have them disappeared, and I have them killed, and I can do. You know what? 
You worried about your children? Worry about them now, because I'm going to really mess things up for you. If you don't do what I say right now, I'm selling those kids into a, into a ring of harems. I'm going to sell them into the, into the Middle East somewhere. You're never going to see them again, and they're going to have horrible lives, and you're going to hate it. I'm going to make sure I get pictures coming back from you. You're going to want to see that? You're going to want that? You want that now? And the, and the maid is starting to cry, and he says, Good, then you listen to me. Here's what you're going to do. You go upstairs this second, and you go into that bedroom right now, and you shoot them both, and you kill them both. And then you come right back downstairs, and you right now, do it now, and come right back downstairs on the phone to me. Do it now, because you know what's going to happen if you don't. And here's the, 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 the phone click on, onto the surface there, and he, the maid walks away, and she's whimpering. She goes upstairs. He hears the footsteps on, 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 on the stairs, and she goes upstairs. After just five, ten seconds, suddenly a very loud report of the gunfire. Bang! Bang! Two shots, and then, wow, what can only be called a dead silence. He hears the footsteps come back down the stairs and get louder, and the maid come on the phone, and she's she's whimpering. She's crying. She says, uh, he said, did you do it? Did you do it? She said, yes, I, I shot them. And he said, good. You shot them both, and they're dead, right? Where did you shoot them? In the head. You shot them in the head, and they're dead. Good. Now, I want you to listen to me carefully. It doesn't matter how you feel. You feel sad. You never killed anyone before. It doesn't matter because you just did a very heroic thing. You saved your children. And now, because you did this for me, I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to give you money. I'm going to have you hidden. Don't you worry about it. You and your kids are going to live better lives than you ever thought they would. So listen, you did a great thing. You didn't You didn't do a bad thing. You did a great thing. And now you get to go home because I'm going to go over there. I'll take care of this whole thing. Don't you worry. What, what I want you to do is as you leave, just take the gun, toss it in the pool, and then you leave, all right? And then you don't have to worry about anything else, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. She says, I can't, I can't, I can't. Now she gets even more upset than when he told her to kill them. And he says, what, what are you doing? Calm down now. I just told you you get to leave. Don't worry about anything else. You can leave the door open. You go out, throw the gun in the pool, leave, go home. Just go, she says, I, 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 I can't. I, I, I just killed them, and I can't throw it. And he says, wait, you can't. Throw it in the, what's wrong with you? I said, throw it in the pool. She said, we don't, she said, we, 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 we don't have a pool. We don't have a pool. And he says, what? We don't, what? Hey, oh, wait a minute. Oh, I'm sorry. Is this 310-555-8913? I am so sorry. All right. Forget it. All right. Uh, listen, go back to work. Bye. Click. Now, Hanson told me that joke, and I thought it was it was fun. All that getting, and that's one of those jokes. Remember, it's called a Shaggy Dog story, where you can get, you can add anything you want. I decided to make the guy madder and madder as the joke went on, and he becomes some sadistic person. He says, you know what I do for a living? I get people. I have them kidnapped. I do this. I steal them. I do it. And you can really make it anything you want, but the worse it gets, this poor woman, he just talks her into murdering two people in the house. And then it turns out, gee, it was just a wrong number. So at any rate... I thought that was a good joke. 
and it's just wonderful. I'd love to have heard Milton Berle tell that story. Boy, he was a great joke teller. God bless him. He's passed on now, but uh, he was a great joke teller. And uh, and I can just hear that voice of his doing it. But that's the way I told it, and I made him mean, and you make him anything you want to be. And it's another great thing. You don't have to say names in the joke. You don't have to say anything else. She doesn't say, oh, hi, Mr. So-and-so. Uh, he, they, they get by without that. And he doesn't say, hi, so-and-so. So they still think it's the call is real as he, well, as he talks her into doing something she really doesn't want to do. And now that's a perfect blend into my other favorite part of the show, the Poetry Corner. That's right, the Corner of Poetry. The Poetry Corner, I love this very much. As much as I love jokes, there is nothing better in a way than a good poem or a great poem. And we all know something about poetry, but really very little. People used to have it in their lives more, and there's nothing I always wanted to do more than have a show where I knew I could add a poem in it. And this week, we're doing something we haven't done before, a little departure. We've had some oh, some beautiful work on this show from some of the greatest poets of all time. And this week, this is a poem by an English poet from the 19th century named Charles Lutridge Dodgson. That's right, Charles Lutridge Dodgson. And you say to yourself, well, I don't know a lot of poets, and I can always learn something, and I and I really don't. A lot of times there are poets, and probably 90% of the time, where I don't really know the name, but I really don't know this name. Well, that's because that was his real name, and he changed his name to Lewis Carroll. And that's, of course, well, the Lewis Carroll from some of the greatest work of all time, and uh, oh boy, Alice in Wonderland, so many great things of Lewis Carroll, and this one is really worth it. It's written in something he specialized in and liked, he liked very much, he loved doing this, to make words that were, well, not real words, and that were a little silly, things people used to do with each other a lot, and uh, this one is called Jabberwocky, and it's by Lewis Carroll, and it's fun just to read, and I think it's fun just to hear with words that don't quite make sense, but were perfect when he wrote them. So here we go. Jabberwocky by Lewis Carroll. "'Twas brillig, and the slithy toves did gyre and gimble in the wabe. All mimsy were the borogoves, and the mome wraths outgrabe. Beware the jabberwock, my son, the jaws that bite, the claws that catch. Beware the jubjub bird, and shun the fruminous bandersnatch. He took his vorpal sword in hand. Long time the manxome foe he sought. So rested he by the tum-tum tree, and stood a while in thought. And as in oafish thought he stood, the jabberwock 
With eyes of flame came whiffling through the tulgy wood and burbled as it came. One, two, one, two, and through, and through the vorpal blade went snickersnack. He left it dead, and with its head he went galumphing back. And hast thou slain the Jabberwock? Come to my arms, my beamish boy. O oh, frabjous day, Kaloo, Kalay, he chortled in his joy. Twas brillig, and the stuthy toves did gyre and gimble in the wabe. All mimsy were the borogoves, and the moam wraths outgrabe. And that is Lewis Carroll's wonderful look at words that were a little nonsensical. But, as I said, it's fun to read. It's fun to read out loud. And I hope that was fun for you to hear. Because as we keep exploring things in poetry, it's nice to know, how do you like that? A whole world of nonsense verse exists. And you just heard a good one of it. Which, of course, leads us to another favorite part of the show that I love doing so much. The Magic Movie Moment. The Magic Movie Moment. We all love jokes and we all love poetry. We all love all sorts of things. But I think you and I will always love movies in a way, best of all. Movies are still so much fun and... The magic movie moment is for me to pass on to you something I've seen 10, 20, 30 times, and maybe you have too, or maybe you haven't at all, but to describe something in it that works so well, it becomes a little magical, and it makes me feel good every time I see it. And you have things you see in the movies you love that make you feel good every time you see it. And it's just a moment, or it's a scene, or it's a part in the whole movie. And I'd like you to pass that along to us, too, by the way, on LarryMillerPodcast.com. If there's a magic movie moment for you, please send it in. And let's see if it's a magic movie moment for me, too. And you'll hear about it as well. So this one, though, is a magic movie moment from 1977. It's a movie called The White Buffalo, with Charles Bronson, Clint Walker, Kim Novak, Jack Warden, Will Sampson, so many great actors in this. And what's wonderful is it had t- it had two reviews there on the website, and uh, Colonel Jeff and I looked it up, and it's a little odd because one review said, uh, well, it's sort of like Herman Melville's Moby Dick, but set in the Old West. And I turned to Colonel Jeff and said, Gee, it's not like that at all to me. I must have seen the thing 30 times. I have no idea what that reviewer means by that. And we looked at another review a little later, and it said, this is no no kidding, it just said, well, it's sort of like Jaws in the Old West. And I did again. I looked at him and said, no, it's not. It's not at all like Jaws. I, I, I don't even know what that means. In any case, the white buffalo is terrific. It's not that it's perfect, it's not that it's the greatest movie you've ever seen, but it's very, very good. And it's one of those, when it comes on, when I see it coming on, and I'm flipping around, and that's coming on, 
or it's already started, I'm always going to watch it. It's that good. It's that interesting. And it is about the Old West. And Charles Bronson plays Wild Bill Hickok. And Will Sampson, who was, oh, he's a great American Indian actor from the Creek Nation. And you've seen him in many, many movies. He was in, speaking of Clint Eastwood, he was in the outlaw Josie Wales. He plays the chief of the tribe there, and they have great scenes together. And Will was also, uh, oh, with Jack Nicholson in uh, in that One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. It's a wonderful movie. And Will Sampson was, is a great actor. So in any case, uh, he's in this too. And he wasn't in Jaws or Moby Dick, by the way. I have no, I still have no idea what that means. But there's a magic movie moment in this for me, and it happens every time. Kim Novak was and still oh, one of the greatest actresses of all time and was a star and was a gorgeous star. She played, oh, really, in the 50s and 60s. She played really someone who was just, you, you wanted to see, and she was unlike anyone else. She was beautiful to look at, but a great actress and could really sell any part at all. She was in with, with James Stewart in the great Alfred Hitchcock movie Vertigo. And uh, in so many movies, though, but in this movie in 1977, she plays a prostitute in a small, run-down western town, and Charles Bronson goes in to see her because they're old, old friends. And they're such old friends that she's thrilled to see him and she just well, more or less closes the place up and says, you know what, come on inside and we'll just spend the night together. And they do. They spend the night together in her room, but she's ready for them to make love and says, come on, let's go. Let's make love and let's relive the past and and uh, and build the future. And he says, no, it's not going to happen with us tonight. He's not feeling well. And she says, that's all right. And the point of this is, and why it's magical for me is, she's fine with that, and she's just so happy he's there. And he's so happy she's there. And they have, especially in a tough, action-filled movie like this, they have time together to spend the night together, to think about their lives and talk about them. Not a lot, just enough and she says, you know what, I think this will happen again with us. And he says, no, I don't think it will. But the point is that they have a very nice romantic night together, even though it's just a man and a woman who care about each other very much and do nothing else. And I think maybe that's part of what appeals to me so much. These two lost souls found each other again in, well, a low-grade town in the Old West, and she's still in business, and she's still a, a working girl, as they say. And he came through, and they spent the time together. But you know what? The truth is that that's all that happened. But it was always enough every time I see that movie, and it has such great storytelling and such great action and such good acting. But in that scene with Charles Bronson and Kim Novak, it has 
two lonely souls who create a moment in the universe together as these characters, and it always suits me just fine. And I hope it will you. If you've seen that movie before, see it again. It's called The White Buffalo, and it's from 1977. And it stars Charles Bronson. And if you haven't seen it before, run into it again. You will. Run into it for the first time and see what you think about that time that Kim Novak and Charles Bronson spend together and how they talk to each other and how they look back on their lives. So that means a lot to me. Send us a note after you've seen it. I hope it means the same to you. And it just goes to show you, though, that a magic movie moment was something you can have any time. I had one this past weekend with one of my kids. My wife got the idea, our older boy, who's joining the Marines, as I've mentioned, and he's a big fan of the Boston Red Sox. He always has been. He's a great athlete and a good student. He just loves baseball, and he loves the Boston Red Sox. And my wife had the idea that, you know what? Why don't we, meaning she and he, just jump on a plane, and they did an all-night flight, a red-eye flight, as they say, on a Friday night, flew all night to Boston, got there around 8 o'clock in the morning on Saturday in Boston, and the game was that that afternoon in Boston. Oh, it was 5.30, a quarter to 6 in Boston at Fenway Park. Wonderful place to see a game. And by the way, this is my, my lesson to myself, and I hope to you too. Fenway Park is a great place to see a game, and it doesn't matter what team you're a fan of. I've never really quite gotten how people, especially in baseball, but all sorts of other things in football or basketball, they become such fans of a team, they just can't stand even mentioning another team or the rival team. But you know what? That's the wrong way to be, folks. Fenway Park is a great place to go. And seeing those fans care so much is a great place to be. And so my wife said, why don't I take him and we'll fly all night and we'll see that game, we'll stay in a hotel together, and then we'll come back Sunday, and why don't we do that? And I said, that sounds like a terrific idea. That's a great idea. I think you got a great idea. And the reason I said that was because, well, if you're married, you know why. I said it because that's what you have to say. If I just said, you know, this is going to cost a zillion dollars, and a hotel will cost a zillion dollars, and the tickets to that game for a big division playoff game is going to cost a zillion dollars, and everything. The hot dogs are going to cost a zillion dollars. But I didn't say that because I'm stupid, but I'm not that stupid. I know if I said something like that, it would just ruin the time because the truth is it was it was a good idea she had. And they... You know, thank God they did wonderfully. They flew and everyone was safe. And they got to the city and the room wasn't ready when they got there. So they took a walk around for a couple of hours and got some breakfast, which is just wonderful, too. It was a beautiful day in Boston. And they strolled around some, you know, areas there with stores. Just a wonderful way to spend time. And they got back in plenty of time to have a good nap 
in the hotel room and then get ready to go to the game, and they did. And he caught a ball there. He caught a foul ball, and uh, that was a great thing to do. And it was one of those, it was so great that the guy sitting next to him offered to buy it from him for $100. Now, I think that's a lot of money to offer for a baseball, but he said the right thing to me. He said, no, thank you. I'm going to keep this ball, and I'm, I understand your thought, but I'm not, I'm not interested in your money for this ball. And uh, that's the right way to be. And the reason I'm telling you also this story is tonight, well, we're all going out to dinner, my wife and me and the kids. And she said before I came here to do the show, she said, so you want to go out to dinner tonight? Why don't we go out with the kids and we can exchange some of our stories and we can tell you about Boston and you can tell us how the movie was that you saw. And again, my first thought was, Do you know how much it'll cost to go out for the four of us? But that's just a typical man's thought. And you know what? I said, honey, good idea. Let's do that. So when I leave here, that's what we're going to do. We're going to go out somewhere, and we'll exchange stories. And I can tell her the story, and our other son can tell her the story of what it was like to do what we did, which is we saw the movie Rush which is out now, and I'm not going to tell you what happens in the movie. I'm not going to spoil anything. That's not really the point. It's just it fills in and supports the idea I've told you about many times before, and I believe it with all my heart. You know what? The best nights you have are not the nights where you go to a fancy restaurant, and they're not the nights when you go to see some gigantic play or in in a theater or something that costs a zillion dollars, the best nights are something where you just do something small and regular and realize the best thing you could do was just be together. And that's what my other son and I found that night. We, well, we went to the theater early enough and we parked and we walked in and we got our tickets and then we got some popcorn And he got a Coke. He loves Coke. And you know what? I got a Coke, too, just because I thought, this is my son, and I'm going to do whatever he wants. And the reason we saw that movie was he said, what do you want to see? And I said, no, you know what, honey? What do you want to see? Let's do what you want to see here. And the same with dinner. He said, well, after the movie, where do you want to go to have dinner? And I said, no, where do you want to go to have dinner? And it's the same kind of thinking. And there's a little restaurant in the movie theater there. And he said, let's go there. They make a hamburger he really likes. And you know what? How nice it was to see a movie with enough people there early. It was a 4.45 in the afternoon movie on a Saturday night. So the coolest people and the fanciest people and the dating folks and everyone else is not out yet. They're not coming out yet. They're getting ready for their Saturday nights. But I loved that the 30 or so people who were there to see Rush at 4.45 with us were our crowd. They were just like us, not literally. I mean, there were a couple of groups of older ladies who went with their friends, older women in their 70s or 80s, four of them in each group, and they went out to have a bite and see a movie, and that's a very sweet thing to do. And there were several couples there on dates around the theater too, but not normal Saturday night, hey, we're in our 20s kind of dating where there's a lot of pressure, 
and they were a little later in life, in their 40s maybe, but they dressed up really nicely. And you know what? We had our popcorn, and we had our Cokes, and we sat there, and, well, I'd like to hear what you think of Rush anyway. As I said, I'm not going to tell you anything about it, but we were very glad we were there. I said, I'm glad you picked this movie. It really gives you something to think about. And tonight, at dinner with the rest of the family, I know that's what we're going to say. It gives you something to think about, and it's really worth it. And I hope you find that out, too. And we had the best meal afterwards. Because it was fancy? No. Because it was a gourmet meal? No. But he had the burger he loves there. And they make fries he loves there. And he had another Coke, and so did I. And I got the veggie burger, and that's what I liked. And for my side dish... Uh, they uh, give you a choice of fruit, fries, or Caesar salad. And I got the Caesar salad. Why? I don't know. It doesn't even matter. But you know what? We had the best time there. And then we got our car. And then we went home. And then we brushed our teeth and washed up and put on our pajamas. And we got into the big bed together. Uh, my bed, my wife's in my bed. And we got in that one and we watched some TV and, folks, I'm telling you, that was the best night in the world. And that became kind of a magic movie moment for me. So it's not just an old movie or a new movie I see and feel magical about, not just something where part of the acting or part of the scenes or part of the storytelling makes me feel wonderful, but you know what? Seeing something on a simple level like that with someone you love and then getting a nice bite to eat afterwards. Folks, you can't beat it with a stick. And I hope you know that in life. When you're looking for something to do, pick the things that are, well, the simplest sometimes. And you'll find, boy, oh boy, you had the best time. And here's the theme to this. Here's the, here's the point of the story. We had a great time. We had the best time ever. Now, because it was great? Because it was the best? No, because it was a small, regular, easy batch of fun. And that can be the best thing I'll ever do. And I'll bet you it'll be the best thing you'll ever do, too. Pick something small and see how big it can be. And as always, remember... If you walked out of bed today and had a job to go to and a home to come back to and someone there who cares about you, folks, the game's over and you've won. And that's still the truest thing I know. And going out the way I went out, time well spent. And I hope you discover it. See us here next time. We'll be waiting for you. In Esperanto, we're available.